How many of you remember when you were about that age? Not Bryce's age, but the little ones. You know, you remember that when you were about five or six? Um, do, you, do you remember having a safe place at five or six? I know this can be tender for some because you didn't, but most of us, there was a safe place. For me, um, I don't know why this was, but about six years old, I got real into stuffed animals, you know? And so I felt safe in my bed when every part of my body was surrounded with stuffed animals, all right? So I had them all around, and I don't know why I felt so secure here, but it wasn't complete until the two squirrels were next to my cheeks, you know? Like ferocious squirrels. I don't really know what they were going to do. Do you remember that, the, the, the place where you would hide? the place where you would hide yourself. I wonder if you have safe places as an adult. And, and, I, and I mean that in this way. I wonder if sometimes you, you go and you find a place to run and hide. Where, where, do, where do adults, where do tweeners and post-tweeners hide these days? can be good hiding or bad hiding. Just sort of shout it out. Participation. It's like you're a kid. Where do we hide? Social media. Social media. Television. Television. Yeah, you go off to your secret place. Yeah. Where? You hide in games. Yeah, yeah. Some people hide in the refrigerator. I don't mean physically. I mean emotionally. You go hide in the refrigerator. Some of us hide by showing ourselves. We hide behind our skills. We feel safe when we're demonstrating what we're able to do. And then there's the other crowd, and we hide by running away. Right? Any other places that pop into your mind? Hallmark movies. There are worse places to hide, (laughs) nevertheless. I want to read uh, from Isaiah 7 and Matthew 1. Really just two verses here because they're, uh, they're similar. It's the Old Testament promise and the New Testament declaration. So listen here to the word of God. The proclamation from Isaiah. The Lord himself will give you a sign, spoken to Israel. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. And the declaration from Matthew chapter 1. This took place, this is after Joseph had the dream about Jesus, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would reveal your presence here this morning in the places that we hide and become for us this morning and through this season, our eternal hiding place. We trust you, our protector, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Old Testament promise is this, Emmanuel, that God would be with us, right? So in the Old Testament, just in very broad terms, in the Old Testament, God was for his people. You know, so the people of God cry out and God comes and helps them out. You know, and you hear this constant theme of I'm for you, I'm for you, I'm for you. The promise of Isaiah and the declaration of Matthew 1 changes the preposition. God's not just for us any longer. God's with us now. God's with us. I mean, it's, it's imminent his presence is real, and God is with us. And that's, that's what we celebrate in Christmas. The big event is this promise being fulfilled. God saying in Isaiah, I, God will be with you, and the coming of Jesus, God is with you. It's reality now. And that promise, that reality, God with us, 
Jesus born in the flesh changes everything, right? Like the squirrels at my neck, you know? I mean, that changed everything. I was eternally secure as long as I had the squirrels. For the believer, Jesus, the presence of Jesus, Emmanuel, changes everything. That's what we're celebrating. The promise of God kept that God would be with us. So someone in the crowd is asking, what's in it for me? (laughs) Or also known as, who cares? Whatever. I mean, honestly, we spend a lot of time talking about Jesus coming to earth. And I wonder if, if some of us just wonder, but what, really, what? Tell me the big deal. What's the big deal? The big deal is, without Jesus, we can't be safe. There is no safe place apart from God's presence. So you had that place when you were a kid, you know, you had your safe place and you knew, okay, if it's midnight and it's dark and I squeeze in between mom and dad, you know, just for that minute, I'll be safe. If I can retreat to my room and put the music on, I'll be safe. I tell you, we've grown up now and we're out in the big bad world and, and, you know, there's no safe place out there except where God is. So the reality of Emmanuel, God with us, means this. Our safe place can be anywhere. Yes. I mean, it literally means we can carry our safe place with us. <clears throat> a step further, Colossians chapter 3. Did I hear a yay out there somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you. Colossians chapter 3. Paul says this, For you died, he's talking to believers, those who put their faith in Jesus, recognized he was the salvation of their sins, the, 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 the one who took their penalty. And Paul says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So what we could not do for ourselves, make ourselves safe, by the coming of Jesus, God has done for us. So that when we place ourselves in Christ, we say, Jesus, come and do what only you can do. Here's the practical reality that we experience. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It's the ultimate safe place. It's what we celebrate at Christmas, that our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. Paul says you're dead, you know. Does that sound encouraging? I mean, at first it doesn't, you know. But Paul's meaning to be encouraging. He's saying you are dead. You have died with Christ. And now the life that you have left, it's hidden with Christ in God. Now, what's good about being dead? I'm glad this isn't a children's sermon. Who knows what I might get. I'll tell you what's good about being dead. Dead people are very rarely afraid. Have you ever met a fearful zombie? Ever? (laughs) Dead people aren't afraid. So when Paul says, hey, you've died and your life is hidden with Christ, the Redeemer, in God, we now are dead people in a live Savior. And Paul says this, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you'll appear with him in glory. I mean, everything has changed. The birth of the little baby, Emmanuel, God with us, has completely changed our personal histories. There is literally no place we can go where we have to fear. 
Another great thing about dead people who are hidden with Christ in God, there's no striving. Do you ever see a dead person try to bear fruit, try to live, try to walk? They can't do it. There's no striving in a dead person. So I encourage you this Christmas with your dead and your life as it is, Jesus completely is now hidden with Christ in God. It's the ultimate safe place. You walk around as a dead person without fear and without the need to strive. You know, I said some of us hide as adults. We hide in fear. We run off to games or addictions. Some of us hide out in public by showing everyone, look, I can do it, I can do it, I'm good enough. And what we're really doing is hiding behind our skill set or behind our giftings or behind our titles. If Jesus had not come, we would be live people stuck in our fear and our striving. But because Jesus came, we are glorious some of you will have to describe, uh, you know, explain this to your children. Glorious dead people. <laughs> Glorious dead people whose lives now are completely Jesus. Remember what Paul said, for me, to me, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Because life actually is scary out there, Right? And, I, and I, I'll tell you, the danger out there in the world for us believers, the danger is real, but it's not fatal because you can't kill a dead person. So we walk around. Our lives, you know, our past lives gone, our new lives in Jesus completely. When Jesus is revealed, then we'll be revealed with him in glory. You know what Jesus is doing? He's revealing himself everywhere we go. I mean, this, this last part of Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. We want to send that to the next age, right? We immediately want to say, well, that's when Jesus comes back. But Jesus is here, right? Jesus is here. Christ is my life. Jesus is within. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I am the most fearless person because I'm ultimately safe with God. And now you know what Jesus is trying to do? He just wants to reveal himself through me. So I said in the Old Testament, the promise, you know, God's for you. But coming in the New Testament, God is with you. Remember what Jesus said, I will be in you. And what we're doing until Jesus comes back is God is showing himself through us. That's what we get to do as the emissaries, as the missionaries, the sent ones of God during Christmas, is we get to actually go around and say, you know what, I'm not afraid of anything because my life is hidden with Christ in God. And my reason for this hope is what? It's Jesus. He lives within me. He's revealing himself. We're going to take communion as we close this morning. And I would like you, as you're coming forward to communion, just to remember, um, let yourself go back to that safe place as a child. And even let the Holy Spirit bring up those fears, those places where you strive today. And if you can just picture 
what it would look like when you're taking the body and blood of Christ, what it would look like spiritually for you to live out this reality. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. No one can touch it. There is nothing out there to be feared because our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And now what God's doing is he's revealing himself through us. You know, Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. And now we go to the world to reveal the Son to the world. We get to do that fearlessly. So if the ministry team could come forward, um, I'd appreciate that. We actually will close today with communion. So uh, as you come forward, if you'd like someone to pray for you, you're welcome to have someone pray for you first and then take communion. You can take communion and then have someone pray for you. You can just stay as long as you want. Bless the children. We love them. We love them. So as you come forward, just just be aware. What what are those fears that 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 Jesus is putting to death? What are the where are those places where you strive? And maybe what are those places where God wants to reveal Himself through you into the world? So if you've given your life to Jesus, this is your time. Remember His body and His blood broken and shed for you. So I need some ministry team people if you could come up, and then when you're ready to receive communion, come on forward.